0: Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Imagine waking up on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and looking out in your window and you see the sea where Jesus walked on water, where Jesus calmed the storm, where Jesus called Peter and Andrew and did his public ministry. And, and then you step outside and you take in the fresh air coming across the sea and you pinch yourself and you say, am I really here? Am I really here in the Holy Land? I'm in the place where Jesus lived. You know, that's how many pilgrims feel on their first morning on a Holy Land pilgrimage. And this very week, I'm in Israel and I'm uh, leading a trip. Uh, of many pilgrims from the, throughout the United States and Canada, and I just wanted to give you a little taste of what pilgrimage is like uh, in the Holy Land here. But first, let me just say a few words about pilgrimage itself. You see, pilgrimage is very different than going uh, to a place as a tourist or traveling on uh, on vacation somewhere. You know, when you when you're just on vacation, you relax, you have fun, you see many sights, you eat great food, drink good wine, and certainly on a pilgrimage, we may do those things too there's wonderful mediterranean food in israel and good wine and uh lots of times for uh, for relaxation as well but we have to keep in mind a pilgrimage is a little different pilgrimage uh is a sacred journey and what do i mean by that um you know, I live here in Denver, Colorado, and I'm very blessed, uh, as all the Coloradoans are, at the beautiful landscape and these amazing mountains we have here. And it's so fun to take friends and family up into the mountains and going for a hike. And I love taking, especially my kids, up to climb the 14ers, those 14,000-foot mountains here in in Colorado. And as you're going up these mountains, if you've ever done this before, you're, you're, you have all these switchbacks. You're going back and forth, back and forth. And, and, and then you look back and you say, wow, we're, we're a lot higher. Than within, than I thought I was, and then you go a little more on those switchbacks, you get a little higher, and you look down. Wow, things are getting really small! There's our car in the parking lot, it looks like a little ant down there. And you keep going up and higher, higher up, and then eventually you get to the summit and you get to the top, and you have this amazing panoramic view 360 view of you see Denver down below, you see all these other 14,000 foot mountains, it's just incredible. But that experience. That experience of getting higher and higher and higher, and then looking back, and you look down, and you see things with a different perspective. That's kind of like what happens on a pilgrimage. You know, there's almost like a a retreat element, I would say, to a pilgrimage, where you're stepping out of your ordinary, busy daily life to get a fresher perspective on your life, a higher perspective on your life, to think about. Where you've been, you're looking backwards and you're thinking about where you are now, but then you're looking also upward. You're looking ahead and saying, where do I want to go? Is my life on track? Am I living the kind of life I want to live? Now, what is it about a pilgrimage that gets us to reflect so much about our lives and where our lives are going? Well, you we have to remember on a pilgrimage, we're visiting a sacred place, a sacred place, we're remembering sacred events and people and God's plan of salvation. Uh, so we think about people like Abraham. Abraham was called to leave his homeland in Ur and Ur uh, and travel to a distant place, the land of Canaan. He didn't know anybody there. He didn't know what it was going to be like. And, was pretty nervous about it all. And yet he said, yes, he made that heroic choice and and went to this very space, this land of the Holy Land. Um, Same thing. You can think about someone like Joshua. You know, Joshua took over after Moses dies, and his job is to lead the people into the promised land, this holy land here. Uh, but that land was occupied by many, many other nations and other peoples that were had large armies and were ready to pounce upon the Israelites. And I'm sure that was a daunting task set before him. And yet he trusted in God because God said to him, Joshua, be courageous. I will be with you as you lead the people into this land. I'll protect you. And he totally Trust in the Lord to protect, that the Lord's going to protect them as they go into this land. And we go and we remember Joshua's heroism. We remember other great people like David and Solomon. We remember the building of the temple and the thousands of Jews from thousands of years ago who would come from distant land on a pilgrimage like us. But they were going to worship God in the Holy Temple, the very place where God's presence had at one time dwelt right there in Jerusalem. Uh, so it's amazing we can enter into these stories. But but most of all, we think about all those great New Testament heroes, whether it's the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we remember where she said yes in her fiat at the Annunciation in Nazareth there. Or, or we remember Joseph, where he was protecting and providing for the Holy Family as Jesus was growing up as a little boy. We remember the many apostles, and they're answering the call of Jesus. Uh, it's just incredible to be at these very places that make these scripture stories come alive for us. But here's the key point I want to make sure you get. You see, we don't just remember these heroes of old, but these heroes become, if I I would say, more real to us. They become tangible, concrete. We're, we're, We're standing right at the place where the apostles were called and they said yes to the call uh, will we say yes to the call in our lives that Jesus may have for us? We go to the place where Mary gave her fiat at the Annunciation. Uh, will we give our fiat to the Lord like she did? Uh, we go and we remember Abraham trusting in the Lord. We remember Joshua once again calling on the Lord's name protect, uh, calling uh, trusting on the Lord to protect him. Uh, we remember all these great heroes that that, that were faithful to the Lord. And they stand out as, as models for us. And we go to their very places. We, we literally walk in their footsteps here in Israel. Uh, uh, that's what we're doing when we go on a pilgrimage in the Holy Land. And so uh, all of life in the end is like a pilgrimage. And as we step out of our routines and we remember Abraham and Joshua and David and Solomon and Peter and Paul and James and others... Uh, what we're doing is it, it, they, we see these great heroes who gave their yes, who were faithful followers of the Lord. And it reminds us of what life is really all about, about giving our lives to God. And these men and women did it heroically. Where is our life? Where is where, our life going right now? Uh, do, do I make the priority uh, in my life really my God? My faith life, do I really put what's most important first in my life? A pilgrimage helps us to remember that. As we're standing right there in the footsteps of these biblical giants, uh, it reminds us of the important decisions we need to make every day. To make God first in our lives, like they did. Now, uh, I think you get in a sense here how a pilgrimage isn't just vacation. Uh, it's a lot. There's a lot more going on. Uh, there's a, there's a profound spiritual exercise that is taking place, and that's why one of the things I always stress on on our pilgrimages is is, is prayer. Whether it's in Rome or when I'm doing the Holy Land pilgrimage, like I am. In uh, this week, here, uh, prayer really needs to be the heartbeat of the pilgrimage. And so, in the Holy Land, uh, we'll go visit a site, I'll say a few words, teaching some biblical teaching. Our guide will say a few words as well about some of the history and cultural elements of the site. But then, I give everyone a scripture verse, they have a little journal, or I tell them to open up in their Bibles for a certain place, and I say, go now take time to take this setting in, to take this biblical scene in, and, and write it on your heart. Take that time for prayer. You know, yes, we want to go around and take pictures and buy postcards and souvenirs, and there's time for that, of course. But then the, the first thing we want to do is make sure we give that time in prayer to God. And so we'll be on the Mount of Beatitudes, for example, where Jesus Gave the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and we'll have mass there. We'll, we'll do some biblical teaching, expounding on those te- on those beatitudes, but then. Uh, I tell the pilgrims, now go find a corner, go find some quiet space and just take it all in. And they're on top of this mountain with this beautiful view over the Sea of Galilee, just spectacular. And, and, and they're able to just imagine Jesus preaching here, imagining the thousands of people that were following him, imagining people's lives being changed, people going through conversions at this in, in this great sermon and how those words would speak to their lives today. A pilgrimage is as successful as it's written on people's hearts in prayer. That's what they really will take home. We can take away little trinkets and souvenirs, but but what is going to really transform our lives the most is if we really encounter God in prayer, step by step throughout our pilgrimage. So uh, now I want to just give you a sense of what we would do on our first day on a pilgrimage uh, in the Holy Land. So uh, we get up in the morning and we always stay right along the Sea of Galilee right there. So it's so just spectacular. They can easily walk out and go for a little walk on the beach if they wanted to that first morning. Certainly we have a breakfast available at our hotel. And then we get on a bus and there's three places we go on this day. Three amazing places. And they all relate to different Mysteries of the Rosary. First, we go to the fourth. Luminous mystery, which is the transfiguration. We go to Mount Tabor, uh, and there, uh, where the transfiguration took place, we drive uh, in our bus and we get to the base of the mountain. We take these little mini cabs up, up, up to the top through all these hairpin turns, way to the top of the mountain. And there, we go to the Church of the Transfiguration, which is just a spectacular church uh, that remembers where Jesus was enshrouded by this cloud and, and where he was as radiant as white. Uh, his glory is being revealed, and Moses and Elijah talked to him. But the one lesson I really give the pilgrims is this. I remind them of what our Heavenly Father said that day about Jesus at the transfiguration. He said these words, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Now, God the Father said those words another time. He said them at the baptism. Remember when Jesus was baptized? The, the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. But here at the transfiguration, he adds those words, listen to him. And that challenges us to listen to God. And what a beautiful place. So I, I tell everyone again, go find a corner, go sit outside somewhere and, and and listen to him. Remember, that's what God said at this very place to Peter, James, and John, where they were there at the transfiguration. He, God's saying those words to us. What is he saying to us in our lives today? So it's a beautiful thing to do. Then we come down the mountain, we get to go to our second exciting place. And that is the first joyful mystery where that took place, the Annunciation. Uh, we go to the church of the Annunciation and there, uh we this church is built over some of the excavations of first century nazareth now nazareth today is a, a big city up in galilee uh but back in mary and joseph's day it was it was a small obscure village not really known for anything not very famous just a few hundred people there um but but there's the remains of the house believed to be where mary lived and grew up as a young girl and where the Annunciation took place. So imagine getting to go right up really close and be right there where where this wonderful event took place, where the angel comes and says, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And we kneel down and we pray the Hail Mary right where... The first lines were <laughs> were first spoken by Gabriel. It's just incredible. The thing, this is where Mary gave her yes and her fiat, and this is where the incarnation took place. The the divine Son of God took on human flesh right here at this place. It's incredible. Um, and then we go for a little drive about five miles away uh, to the to a next town over that takes us to the second luminous mystery, and that's Cana. Cana, so there we go to the church that commemorates where the wedding feast at Cana took place, and I love taking pilgrims there. There's these, there's a massive star, stone, a massive stone jar for Jewish purification that was found uh, in, in excavations there, and, and you can see this is what a stone jar would look like, and it's huge. And you think Jesus had water filled in all of these, and 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 six of them uh, were, were changed into into wine. It, that was would have been over a hundred gallons of, of water there changed into wine. That would have been some party. Uh, but pilgrims can get a visual of of what one of those stone jars would have looked like. And then we renew our wedding vows. All the married couples that are there, they they hold hands. We have a little service for, with the priest uh, who blesses them as we renew our wedding vows. So, uh, And then after a long day, we hit back, uh, head back on the bus and go back to our hotel and have a nice dinner back and then a good night's rest to get ready for another day in Galilee. So it just gives you a little sense of, of what might happen on a first day on a, a, ro- a pilgrimage in the Holy Land. And I, I hope this was insightful and inspiring for you that maybe if you uh, can never get to a Holy Land pilgrimage, at least maybe there's certain places you can go in your own Area, uh, Certain shrines that you can go make a sacred visit to, to remember the Blessed Virgin Mary or the, the Sacred Heart. Uh, we can do that in, right in our own country. But if you ever are interested in learning more about other pilgrimages, you can certainly check out my website, edwards on the pilgrimage page. I do trips each year to Rome and the Holy Land, and there's lots of pictures from the Holy Land pilgrimage you can take a look at on there as well. Uh, I hope this is helpful for you. I want to give a shout-out to any family members and friends of... Of the pilgrims who are, uh, are are going to be with me on the Holy Land pilgrimage this 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 year here, uh, I know you're 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 there supporting and praying for us. Many of you are following us on Facebook, and uh, I think your your friends and family may have told you about uh, this particular podcast to kind of give a taste of of what we're doing this week. So uh, please pray for us. Know that you all are in my prayers. I'm going to pray for all the listeners of this podcast while I'm in the Holy Land. Uh, you and your intentions are in my prayers. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast and you think others might be interested in learning more about pilgrimage, go ahead and share it with other people. May they be blessed by it as well. Thanks so much and may God bless you.